May God bless the reading of the scriptures this morning, and may the words from my mouth be what we need to hear today. Today, we applaud all mothers and all mother figures, all those who have mothered, sisters, aunts, grandmothers, close friends, those we've mentioned previously with the kids and those who we haven't. We give you great thanks. We applaud you. You deserve it. To those who gave birth this year, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with the little ones every day and are wearing the badge of food stains at times, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage or failed adoptions, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, full of pokes and tests and prods and tears and disappointment, we walk with you. We ask that you forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it already is. To those who are godmothers, foster mothers, mentor moms, spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate you. To moms who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who have lost their mothers, we grieve with you. To those who have experienced abuse or neglect at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, the overall test of being a mom, we're all better for having you in our midst. To those who are stepmoms, we walk with you on that sometimes difficult path. To those who dreamed of lavishing love on your grandchildren, yet that dream was not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier or maybe emptiness this year, we grieve and rejoice with you at the same time. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. To those who are pregnant with new life, either expected or surprise, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with every woman in our life. Womanhood is not for the faint of heart, and we have some real warriors right here in our midst and watching today. We honor all women, mothers of all kinds. We thank you for your love and for your sacrifices. Our text this morning suggests that God is, in a sense, like a loving mom or a loving dad. Jesus, in our scripture this morning, uses the comparison of the good shepherd, but he could be talking about the good parent just as easily. He says, my sheep recognize my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will take them away from me. 
For my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else, so no one can take them from me. On this day when we honor all who mother, what are some of the comparisons that we could draw between the love of a parent, the love of a mom, and the love of God? Well, first of all, for one thing, the love of God is a very personal kind of love. My sheep know my name, Jesus said, and I know them. There's a story told about General Douglas MacArthur, the great military hero. MacArthur was considered to be a great leader, but it was also known that he had the personality of a toilet seat. So his PR people came up with a great idea. They would have him go and review and inspect a group of veterans. And then, as he was reviewing these troops, he would suddenly recognize a man who had served under him during the war. The advisor said, this will be a really moving human moment for you. It'll be good for your public relations. Out of hundreds of soldiers lined up, or former soldiers, veterans, you will suddenly pick out one single individual. You'll call him by his name and you'll remember his great work. MacArthur said, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I'll go along with that. And so they set up the review of the troops and they chose their veteran. Their lucky soldier had no idea that he was going to be singled out and that he was going to be honored. They went through the army records and they found out everything that they could about this guy. And they, just to be on the safe side, they arranged for one of MacArthur's aides to be alongside him and to discreetly give him a little nudge when they came to the right soldier. It all went off like clockwork. MacArthur saluted the veterans, the veterans saluted him. And at the right moment, the aide gave him a little, gave MacArthur a little poke and said, there's your guy. MacArthur stopped and he turned and he looked at the man standing at attention in front of him and he said, I remember you, Jones. We were together on Corregidor. You are Corporal Jones. I remember you. And Jones looked really startled. And then he looked at him and he finally confused. He blurted out, MacArthur? General MacArthur got his bubble burst that day. He didn't know who he was. <laughs> we, we live in a lonely world. So much that is called love is artificial. We sometimes think we aren't really that important. But there's one place where we are. There's one place where we're still somebody, no matter what. And that's at home. At home, we're not just a number. We're a valued member of the family. And so it is with God. With God, we're more than a number. We're more than a face in the crowd. God loves us with a very personal love. The scripture tells us that he has counted every hair on our head. He knows so much about us. That's the first thing to be said from our scripture. The love of God 
is a very personal love. For another thing, the love of God is a very giving kind of love. Jesus said, my sheep recognize my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. It's the nature of God, you see, to give. God gave us life in the first place. God sustains our lives with gifts of sunshine and rain and all the good things that we have in this life. And when our days are finished on this planet, God gives us life forever, eternal life. Jesus once asked this question, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? Found in the Gospel of Matthew. God is a giving God. There was a mother who took her six-year-old boy into a doctor's crowded waiting room. And as they waited their turn, the little boy began to ask all kinds of questions. And boy, I can relate to this story. And he, in half hour, he managed to cover almost every subject known. And to the wonder of all the other people sitting around in that room, his mother answered each question very patiently, very slowly, very carefully. And then the little boy got around to God. And as the other people listened to all of his hows and his whys and his mom's answers, it was plain to see by the looks on their face that they wondered, how does she do this? But when she answered her son's next question, she answered his question, but she also answered their question. The little boy said, why doesn't God ever get tired and just stop? Mom thought about it for a minute and then she answered, because God is love and love never gets tired. That's true. That's the behavior mom was displaying. But God's love never gets tired either. If you or I were God, we, were get, we would get tired of giving. I know I'd get tired of me in a big hurry if I was God. Because God blesses me and blesses me and blesses me. And yeah, I give him gratitude sometimes but not nearly as often as I should. I forget to tell him thanks, but I'm really quick to ask for things. I think a lot of us are like that. There was a pastor who was visiting some of his parishioners. And he took his young daughter with him. And as they visited an elderly couple, the man gave the little girl a handful of peanuts. And expecting her to say thanks, her dad said, uh, Honey, what are you supposed to say? She looked up at him and she said, You got any more? <laughs> Sounds like us, doesn't it? We accept God's gifts. We forget so often to say thank you. But often we do ask, Have you got any more? Yet God keeps giving, keeps loving, because that's God's nature. God's love is personal. God's love 
keeps on giving. And then third and last, God's love never quits. Jesus said, no one will snatch them from me. Paul said, nothing will separate us from the love of God. God never quits loving. That's also true of the love of a faithful, good mother. Now there are two sides to this. A man wrote this to Reader's Digest. My mother has always treated me like her baby, no matter how old I get. I turned 30, I bought a computer, and I learned how to use it. Thinking that I'd impress her with my great skills, I sent her a well-written letter, complete with fancy font, graphics, borders, the whole works. I called to ask her what she thought of the letter. She said, it's lovely, dear. I have it hanging on the refrigerator for all my friends to see. Some of you may know a mom like that who still sees a 30-year-old as a child. I have a boy who will be 40 next year. He turned 40 last year, thanks. Boy, <laughs> who turned 40 last year. And I have to tell you honestly, when I look at him, I don't see a 40-year-old. I see that little guy. He used to run around and come running to the door when I came home from work at the end of the day and was so happy to see me and who said, Daddy, let's go play with my toys. That's the boy I see when I look at him. So I'm like that, and I know lots of moms are like that. No matter how old kids get, they're still your little boy or your little girl. Those kids know they're loved. The good parent never quits loving. The good mom never stops loving. Even when sometimes the kids don't deserve it. Arnold Prater in his book, You Can Have Joy, talks about a man in a little English village whose name was John Deckard. He was a worker in a textile factory. He was a modest and quiet man. He lived in an ordinary house on the edge of town with his wife and his little six-year-old son, Rob. And every morning, John got on his bicycle and he rode to work. He got at home at five in the evening, every evening, and he would work in his garden until supper time when the weather was good. Then he would spend a quiet evening with his family. You could say that he was a very ordinary man, living what most people would call a very ordinary life. But he had one claim to fame. Every year for the last five years, he had won the blue ribbon in the Village Garden Show with his prize rose. It had gone on for so long that people just assumed that he was going to win every year. Behind his house was his rose garden. And when he came home each day, he would go out and spend a little time tending to his roses. And some said he had more than just a way with flowers. Some said he mothered them, that he talked to them, and that they seemed to understand what he said. And this year, deep in his own heart, John knew 
that he was going to win that blue ribbon again. He knew it for sure because this prize rose in his yard was the most beautiful one that he'd ever grown in all of his years. He had never seen such a perfect flower, his masterpiece, and he watched over it daily. He was very pleased. Well, the show was on Saturday, and he planned to transplant the rose to a pot the next morning, early in the morning, to get it ready for the show. But while he was at breakfast, something tragic happened. He's sitting at the breakfast table. His little son, Rob, bursts into the kitchen. He's all excited, and he rushes up to the table, and he says, Look, Daddy, look what I have for you. And in his dirty little hand, half of its petals missing and its head drooping was John's prize rose. Oh, that afternoon, visitors to the garden show were astonished when they came to John's entry. In a flower pot, he had put a stick and attached to it at the very top was a picture of his little son, Rob. When the judges heard the story about what had happened, they gave him an honorary blue ribbon. Some said that the rose that was not a rose, the little boy, was the finest he had ever grown. That's how God's love is. And we can all be thankful for that. So this morning I say, hooray for our moms. Hooray for all who mother. They deserve it. But also, hooray for God. God is a loving parent. God's love is very personal. God's nature is very giving. And God's love, thank God, never quits. Much like the love of a mother. Amen.